Hey, good morning. Welcome to River Glen. My name's John, and I'm one of the pastors here. And we're really glad that you took time to be with us this morning. But uh, real quick, before we get going into today's message, last weekend, a church called City of Light, it's a church that we help plant. It's part of our plan to planting more and more churches. We prayed for them in this service. And last weekend, they opened up and they had their first service. And I just want to give you a quick update. Over 500 people showed up for that first service, right? There's Brian and his wife. That's just awesome. That's just, all that praise goes to God. And it's so great to be part of a church that just thinks it's so important to plant churches so more people can hear about Jesus. So thank you for everything that you do to make that happen. Well, last weekend we started a new series. It's called Living on the Edge. And living on the edge happens when we cram as much as we possibly can into our schedules. And we're so busy that all of this cramming leaves no room for margin. So Ben last weekend talked about how God mandated margin for our lives. And we looked at the Old Testament, and, and we saw in the Old Testament that God created the Sabbath. And we're to work six days, and then we're to take the seventh day off, a day of rest. Ben taught about the tithe. God mandated the tithe, and he said, you give me that first 10%, and then watch what I do with that 90%. I will do more with that 90 than you could even ever do with that 100%. And then Ben introduced this concept of gleaning. And gleaning is the harvesters, at harvest time, they'd go through the fields and they would collect all the crops. And God said, don't go back through a second time. Leave some for the needy and for the poor because other people need our help. And, and, And so he created, God created us, and he structured us all for margin. And in that margin... We can find rest, and we can find peace, and we can find joy, and that's the way we're created. And so this is just a real quick, quick reminder to see if you did their homework, to see how much margin you have in your life. Ben gave us two homework assignments. The first one was, where do I need margin in my life? And if you didn't ask that question, then you need some margin, just a hint. And the second question is, this area of I need margin in my life, what am I afraid of? What am I afraid to do? Why do I, why, why am I afraid to create that margin? And, and so last weekend, the number one takeaway from the message was life is always better with margin. And so today we're going to dig into our calendars and we're going to take a look at our schedules and we're going to look for ways to find margin in, in our lives. Now, for me, I start all of my days the same way. And I'm not going to bore you with my morning routine, but one of the things I always do before I leave the house is I sit at the table, I grab my calendar, I have a pen, and I have a notepad, and I just start writing down everything that I need to get done that day. And now I know efficiency experts say that we should do that the night before we leave work. I'm not that efficient. But I sit... And I just start writing. And about a month ago, as I was writing, um, the week before, Kelly and I I were off for a couple days. So so I was already a little bit behind on schedule. And we were running into Labor Day weekend. So there was going to be Monday off next week. And time just wasn't where I needed it to be. And so I just started writing. I wrote down everything I needed to do. I needed to get back on a lot of important emails. There were some meetings that I had to have. There were some people that I actually had to go visit. And then there were um, some events that we were planning here. We were getting ready to kick off GroupLink. And there was all of these things that had to get done. And so I just kept writing and writing and writing. And then I stopped. And, And when I looked at everything I had written, I started to get a little anxious 
And I started to get a little tense, and I started to get stressed out because there was no way that I was going to get everything done that I had written down. And my mind in these moments is kind of like a ping pong ball. It just starts bouncing all over the place. And so now I'm trying to come up with all these different strategies of how I can get everything done because it all has to get done. If it didn't need to get done, it wouldn't be on the list. And because it was on the list, I had to get it done. And so I'm like, okay, well, what if I did this? What if I just work a little bit on everything? What if I just make a little progress? And that idea didn't really seem to make a lot of sense. And I was like, okay, well, what can I cut? What can I cut out? What can I just drop and not do? And then I was like, well, you can't do that because it's on the list. And if it's on the list, it's got to get done. And so I landed on, okay, I'm going to skip lunch. I'm going to work late. And my day hadn't even started. I mean, left my home, and I had this sinking feeling, right? This sound familiar? Does anybody, quick show of hands, does anybody else have days like this? Do your days start out like that? Before you even leave your house, before you're in your car, before you're in the parking lot at work, you're all stressed out. And we see these people all the time because they're driving down the road and they're putting on their makeup. They're, they're eating. I saw someone a cold bowl of cereal, eating their cereal. But my favorite was the guy with the electric razor. And talk about not having any margin in your life if you're doing that while you go to work. But Scripture, if we go to Scripture, the Bible will give us great insight on how to find margin in our lives. If we just take the time to look for margin, we'll find it. But part of our responses, our immediate response is going to be, I don't have time to do this. Because we believe this whole I'm too busy thing that we've got going on. I don't have time to create the margin in my life. And we say we're busy all the time. Busy has become the new fine. When we go up to people and we say, hey, how are you? And they're like, I'm busy, right? And we're busy all the time. And we believe that we're busy. And we also believe that at some point in the future, we're going to be able to create margin in our lives, but not right now. And some of you think right now what I said, it just makes a lot of sense. But John, you don't know me. You don't know my schedule. And there's no way that I can implement anything new in my life. But here's what we need to know. If we're followers of Jesus and we take his teachings and we apply his teachings to our life, he's going to lead us to a place of margin, to a place where we have extra. And so to get us there today, I kind of want to frame this and get this into context. I want to talk about some of the facts of life. And if you got some little ones in here, it's not those facts of life, so it's okay. But here's the first fact of life. The first fact is your time is limited. And some of you, you're even wondering why I'm saying that. And if you're wondering why I'm saying that, then you're the one that for sure you need to write that down on your outline. My time is limited but we schedule, our time, we schedule our time and fill our calendars as if we had unlimited time. We keep adding and adding to our schedules. We never stop to think about what are we going to stop doing. We never ask ourselves this question. We never say, well, if I'm going to add this, what should I pull out of my schedule? We're always adding. We function as if we have unlimited time. And the truth is our time is limited and we're forced to live within those limits. <clears throat> Excuse me. Everything else in our life, we allocate, but we just don't allocate our time. So here's the next fact of life. All of our time is going to get spent. Every second of our time is going to get spent on something. 
you don't have leftover time. You didn't wake up yesterday and you didn't say to your spouse, hey, honey, look, I got this bag. There's 45 minutes extra. How much do you have? Let's put that together and let's go do something. That didn't happen. At the end of our lives, when we're about to die, we don't get to pull up this suitcase and say, no, I tricked you. I got six months left to live. We don't get to do that. We can save money, but we cannot save our time. Every single moment, every single minute we get is going to get spent. You don't save it up. And this might also seem obvious, and you might be wondering why we're even talking about these facts of life. But a lot of us, we live as if we have extra time. We have something that's really important to do. And we say, yes, this is super important, and I'm going to get to it, and I'm going to get to it later because I've been saving time for that. And then we say, well, I'm in this real busy season right now, and I just don't have time, but later I'm going to. And we act as if later is this destination, and we get to later at the end of the rainbow, there's this big box of extra time. And that's how we operate. But we don't get a box of extra time at the end of the rainbow. And thirdly, somebody will determine how we spend all of our time. We have a limited amount of time. It's all going to get spent, and someone will determine how that time gets spent. And most of the time, it's us. We have our electronic calendars. Many of us have smartphones. My whole calendar's on here, my personal calendar. I've linked up my Outlook. My church calendar is on here. And nobody gets to add things to my calendar. And maybe you're the same way. Maybe you're thinking nobody gets to put things on my calendar but me, so I'm in control of my time. But then we wake up to the reality. Other people, there's another group that also have access to our time. It can be our kids. It can be our boss. We can be on the PTA. We might volunteer for Habitat for Humanity. And all of these other time, all these other people get to determine how our time is going to get spent. And probably all of us have experienced the frustration that comes with knowing that our time is not our own. And we get to the end of the week, and we have all of these things that we didn't get to that we wanted to get to. We didn't get to them because someone else had their hooks in how we spent our time. And somebody along the way, somebody made sure that all of our time was spent. And whether we're in control of our schedule or if someone else is in control of our schedule, we tend to let the urgent push out the important. We know what we should get done. We know the important things. But those important things never make it to our calendars. We skip exercise. And so we just don't take care of our health. We don't spend enough time with the kids. We don't spend enough time with our spouse working on our relationship and developing it. And then we've got all these friends that we want to work on those relationships and we want to hang out with them and we want to go out and we want to have fun and we want to play and we just don't have enough time. And all of these things are really important, but they don't make it to our calendar. And that's because the urgent pushes out the important. We're overwhelmed by the urgent and we never have time for the important. And this morning, I could just sit here and make us all feel guilty about the important things that we don't do, and, and you would just say, I know, John, I know you're right. I, I should find time. I can't wait to come back next week for more of this. Right? If we know something's important, why doesn't it get onto our calendars? Because it's my tendency and your tendency is to let the urgent things push out the important things. The urgent overwhelms the important, and there's never margin. 
We get so busy that we don't have time for the important, right? Isn't that what happens in our lives? The urgent overwhelms the important. And it doesn't matter who's in charge. We just end up with no margin. Well, here's what God suggests. God suggests that you've tried to be in control of your schedule. And you see what happens when other people are in control of your schedule. Here's what he says. He says, why don't you let me be in charge of your schedule? Why don't you surrender your schedule and your calendar to me? It sounds a little scary, right? But if we think about it, it's actually the most logical thing we can do because all the time that we have has been given to us from God and all of the time that we have remaining, God knows, he's the only one who knows how much time we have left. So our time's limited. It's all going to get spent. What does it look like then if we surrender our time to God, the one who gave it to us to begin with and the one who knows how much we have left? And we can open our Bibles. And in the book of Job, chapter 14, verse 5, here's what Job said. Man's days are determined. You, meaning God, man's days are determined. You have decreed the number of his months and you have set limits he cannot exceed. Check that verse out. God has determined that our days are numbered. There's no time left from yesterday. We're not going to borrow from the future. God knows how much time we have left, and we cannot add to those days. So here's the question. If our days are numbered, and, and the time we have is limited, and they are, doesn't it then make sense to go to God for wisdom on how to spend the remaining time of our life? Right? Throughout Scripture, we find stories of God's ex God extending people's lives and taking people's lives. Jesus tells a parable, there's a man who thinks he has a lot of time left to live, and he finds out he doesn't have any time to left. There's a king who thought he was going to die, and God gave him more time. God controls the number of our days. So why would we not bring our schedules to God, who controls the time that we have, and why wouldn't we just go the way he leads us? Now today, some of you might be here, and you don't believe in the Bible, and maybe you're not a follower of Jesus, and we're really glad you're here, and we want you to come back, but I think in our hearts, I think we all believe that God controls our days, and here's why I say this. If your doctor, if you went to the doctor today, and he said you had six months left to live, would you pray? Some of us, for the first time, might pray, and we say, God, I haven't prayed in a really long time. I've never prayed, and I don't even know how to pray, but God, extend my days, right? In our hearts, we believe God or a higher power out there somewhere, they have the power to extend our lives. So if that's the case, and that's what we believe, why not bring our life to him? Why not go to God and say, I, I know what happens when I'm in charge of my schedule and my schedule is like this balloon. I just keep filling it up and filling it up with air and, and I act as if there's no limit and the same thing happens when other people are in charge. What does it look like to bring our time and our schedules to God and see where he leads us? And when we do that, he's going to lead us to a place of margin. And in that place of margin, that's where the extra is. That's where the most important things happen in life. It happens in the unscheduled, in the unstructured. It happens in those areas of our lives. So on your outlines, there's three statements that I want you to catch. Here's the first one. Creating margin begins by recognizing that our days are numbered by God. For us to stop, to stop 
living on the edge. We need to have this paradigm shift. We need to rethink how we look at our time. And that means you're only a teenager one time. That means you're only in your 20s once. That means you're only in your 30s once. And I know a couple of us, we turn 39 a few times, but you only get to be in your 40s, in your 50s. You only get to do that one time. So margin begins with knowing that our time is limited and our days are numbered by God. This is the beginning because then this will give us perspective to organize our priorities. In Psalm 90, verse 12, teach us to number our days aright. Teach us to number our days rightly that we may gain a heart of wisdom. If we want wisdom in our schedule, it begins by knowing that our days are numbered. And when we realize this, we'll have wisdom with what to do with our time and all our days. Think about it this way. Frame it this way. If you had one week left to live, would you change your schedule? Would you have some new and different priorities? Would all of a sudden all these important things get on our schedules? What if you had 30 days to live? What would your life look like for the next 30 days? Same thing, now take it a little bit further. God is saying, you have one life to live. And if that's the case, why won't we give it to God? One life to live, how then should we live? See, when we lock in on the fact that our days are numbered, the psalmist says we can gain wisdom, and then when we gain that wisdom, we can truly begin to live. When we lose sight of this, when we lose sight of the fact that our time and our days are limited, that's when we live and and that's when we lose all margin. That's when we live at the limits. And and that's when we think we have all the time we need for everything. When you walked in this morning, we had your marble. Just go ahead and pull that marble out right now. Don't throw them at me. But just pull it out. Hang on to it. I, I found this story of this guy. When he turned 50, he, he was motivated to do this. He went to the toy store, and he bought 1,300 marbles because he figured out that that's how many Saturdays he had left. And so he took all those marbles, and he put them in a jar, and he figured if I live to be 75, I have 1,300 Saturdays left. He took this jar, put it on the dresser, and his wife thought it was the most morbid thing that she had ever seen because every Saturday morning... He goes and he takes a marble and he throws it away. He says it's changed his life. It has given him perspective that he's never had because you know what he's doing? He's numbering the days of his life. He's recognizing that he's not going to live forever. He knows that he only has a certain amount of Saturdays left and he says it has helped him prioritize his life because it's a visual and he's reminded daily and weekly that his time is limited. How then shall we live? Isn't that powerful? If we recognize this, then as the psalmist wrote, then we can gain wisdom, and then we can prioritize our time. The second point also flows straight from that. Prioritize accordingly in light of the fact that we have limited days. Now, here's what the Apostle Paul said. Paul said, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. In other words, Paul is saying, take full advantage of our time because our days are numbered and limited. Don't be foolish. Be wise. Get the most out of the time that you've been given. 
The psalmist said we gain wisdom. And when we gain wisdom, we walk wisely and we apply that wisdom. And that gives us the ability to prioritize knowing that we have limited time. And it allows us to get the most out of our time. So when it comes to our calendar and it comes to scheduling, let me give you a question to ask yourself before something gets on your calendar. So you're sitting down. I pull out my calendar. Kelly and I both pull out our calendars. Here's the thing to do. Ask, before something makes it to the calendar, ask what is the wise thing to do when you're scheduling, when you're planning? What is the wise thing to do? Maybe whatever this thing is, maybe everybody else is doing it. But in light of everything that we've got going on in our life right now, in light of our future hopes and our future dreams, is it wise for us to do this right now? Is it wise to add this to our schedule. And we, when we commit to adding this to our calendaring process, the question is, isn't, it's not is this the right thing to do or is this the wrong thing to do? Is this the wise thing to do? Because you know how most of us calendar? We get a phone call and, and we say, Thursday night? No, I'm free. I can do that. Sure, I'll be there. And then someone else calls us up and we're like, Friday? Yeah, I've got nothing on the calendar. I can do that. And then all of a sudden, we're just adding to our schedule. And someone says, well, what about Saturday afternoon? And we look, and we're like, yeah. And we just keep adding, and we just keep adding to our calendars. And somebody says, well, are you going to subtract anything? And we never think to subtract. We just keep adding and adding. And our calendars are like this big balloon, and we think we can just keep filling it up, and it's not going to burst because we have plenty of capacity. But what if we asked is this wise? The days are evil, and we're pushed to the limit. Is this wise to add to the calendar? In light of everything that we have going on, is this wise? And then when we ask this question, it gives us the ability to say no to the urgent so we can say yes to the important. And now there's this fear associated with God, giving God control of our schedules because we think if I give God my schedule, I'm not going to be productive. I'm probably just going to be sitting on the sofa practicing the harp for that day when I'm up on the cloud playing the harp. But God is a God of productivity. He's not going to just let us sit around and do nothing. He's going to free us up for the important. Our capacity is not determined by how much we can cram into our schedule. Our priorities determine our capacity. Do you ever try to go on a vacation and you ever try to pack your car? You just don't throw all the suitcases in. When I was growing up, we had the big old Ford Country Squire wagon, my mom and dad and six kids. And so my dad was the one that would pack. We'd head up north for a couple weeks, and he had a priority into what would make it into the car. And he had this system, and no one else could help him, and he'd put in the big things, the most important things first. And I'd go, Dad, Dad, can I bring this? And he'd say, well, not if you want your sister to come. <laughs> pack it. He had this specific way of packing things, and, and the capacity of his packing was determined by the priority of what to pack. What we pack first, that determines how much we, we can get in. And, and when we give God control of our schedules, of our calendars, he'll give us, ma he'll give us margin because he's going to be the one that determines our priorities. And he'll make sure that we put the big things in first, and this increases our capacity. 
Because God says, hey, I want you to begin with realizing that there's a limit. So the big things first, the important things. And when God takes over our time and our schedules, it becomes clear. And the only way to do this is to surrender our time to the one who gave it to us in the first place. And here's the best way to do it. It's on your outlines. Make your time alone with God a priority. And I can't explain how this works. All I know is that it does. This is going to require some time. You're going to have to add this, but uh, it'll be time well spent. Because I began this morning telling about this crazy day I was having back at the end of August, and and I was writing down, and I was filling, and I was frazzled. And, And so what I did is I have a little self-awareness, and I knew that I wasn't going to get through this day on my own. And so I grabbed my Bible. I have a Bible reading plan I, I follow. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to read a few chapters of the Bible. So I pulled out my Bible, sat down, and started to read. And remember that ping-pong brain I told you I had, bing, bing? It couldn't concentrate. I read the same two verses over and over multiple times, not because I was studying and meditating, but I just can't get past them. And I don't even know what those verses were. And so I knew I was spiraling a little bit out of control. And and so I have a devotional I use sometimes. It's called Jesus Calling. You've probably heard it. We've we've got it over at the Resource Center. Well, I grabbed my Jesus Calling, and and I wrote down August 31st, and you can go look it up, but that's the day it happened. I opened it up, and here's what I read. Your natural preference is to plan out your day. My plan is for you to rely on me. Like I said, I can't explain how this works. I just know it did. In the exact moment that I needed peace and that I needed comfort, I got it, and I got it from Jesus. Now I'm guessing some of us, we already have quiet times in our day or maybe you call it daily devotional. And for some of us, you know, you've, you've never heard about that. You, you, you've heard, you don't know how to do it. You think it might be a good idea and you want to add it to your schedule someday. Well, here's the key. It's so important. So the key is to make it something easy that you can do. So the goal isn't to walk out of here today and say, tomorrow morning, I'm going to spend 30 minutes reading the Bible, and then I'm going to spend 30 minutes praying, and I'm going to spend an hour a day for the rest of my life first thing in the morning. That's unrealistic, and it's going to become a burden. Maybe it develops into that over time. But what I want you to do right now, if you got your phone, just pull it out, right? Because we probably all have our smartphones. And here's why I want you to pull it out. Because for a lot of us, the first thing we grab in the morning is this. It's by our beds. It's on our dresser. It's on our nightstand. And maybe we're just sitting in bed, and the first thing we do is we grab this, and we check our email, and we check the news, and we check our Facebook, and then we see if anybody retweeted anything that we tweeted. And all of a sudden, the day has gotten away from us. So before you grab your phone tomorrow morning, before you grab your phone, and I know some of us, you're like, well, I get the Bible on my phone, and and I get these daily devotions. I get that. I've got 15 translations of the Bible on my phone. But I know if I grab my phone, I'm going to have access to the news, to the sports, to everything else, and I know that time that I want to have with God, I'm just not going to make time for it. So tomorrow, before you grab your phone, Take a few minutes. Just take three minutes. And and this is all you have to do. This is the beginning of a quiet time. You can just say a simple prayer. It can be, God, I have all of this in front of me to get accomplished today. But I'm going to give you the first part of my day. And then maybe you just repeat Psalm 90, 12. 
Teach us to number our days rightly that we might gain a heart of wisdom. And just spend a few minutes and reflect on that. Give God the first few minutes of your day. And then maybe in time, that grows to, to be more. But as we do this, as we develop this habit, we're much more open to his priorities. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, Jesus says, But seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and all his righteousness, and then all of these things will be given to you well. Seek ye first. And what are all these things that Jesus is talking about? Well, a few verses earlier, he said, don't worry about what to eat. Don't worry about what to wear. Don't worry about where anything is coming from. I know all of your material needs. Seek me first. And then all of those things will be given unto you. In the mornings that I skip this, I feel it later in the day, and I know my day is different. But if we put Jesus first in our days, he's going to lead us to a place of margin. And so here's what we're going to do um, just for the next few minutes. Maybe you've never had a quiet time. We're going to demonstrate how that works. Maybe um, pull out that marble. Grab it into your hand. And we're going to put some scriptures up on the screens here. And just reflect on those scriptures as they go through. Just say a quick prayer, maybe on the back of your outline. Just maybe write down something like, God, hey, make me aware of your presence in my life. And just focus on that. And so we're going to go together as a church through this quiet time right now. And after that, then I'll come back up.
can you imagine what your days could be like if just for the next 30 days, if that's not a habit you, you currently have, can you imagine how your life would be different? How you'd have this sense of peace to start your day with? And if 30 days is too long, just for the next week, before we get together next Sunday, just begin each day with just that first few minutes and give it to God. And I know from personal experience and from everybody that I know that practices this, Jesus will take us to a place where we can have margin and we can have room in our lives. Because we're created not to be crazy, not to be frantic, not to be running and scrambling all the time. We're created to worship our creator. God loved us so much that he sent Jesus. In a minute, we're going to take communion, and we remember that it was God's love. And he sent Jesus, and Jesus took our sins, and he took them to the cross so we could be reunited with God, so we could be one with God again. And those are things that we can reflect on. The night before he was crucified, Jesus took the bread. He said, this bread represents my body. And, and he took the cup, and he said, this cup, it represents my blood that has been poured out for you, for all of us, so we can be one with God. And so at communion, we do what Jesus said. He said, do this in remembrance of me. And so today, as we go through communion, maybe just continue that quiet time and just reflect on the glory and the power that is God. I'm going to pray, and then we'll take communion. Lord, thank you so much for just allowing us to have the privilege and the honor to just come and to worship you freely this morning. And God, I pray that you'll just take a look at all our calendars and you'll take a look at our hearts and, and you'll just see, God, that we want to follow you. God, I pray that you would give us the insight and the wisdom to live our lives to the precepts according to the way that you would have us live. Lord, we don't want to be running around crazy and frantic all the time. God, we want to get to that place of peace and comfort. So lead us there, God. Lead us to that place of margin in our lives where we can have time for all of the things that you would have us have time for. God, thank you so much for your son, Jesus. And in his name I pray, amen.